Do we got taglines disguised as something else? Disguised as something else? Yeah. Oh, because that's the whole point of this movie. <laughs> Thank you for explaining that joke, Mr. Well, I didn't because I didn't realize. Well, no, you know who's the master of exposition? Uh, <laughs> Shelley Long in yeah. this film. I love Shelley Long, though. Oh, in this? Oh, yeah. no. Like, this might be my favorite thing that anything. she's ever done. Huh? She's great. She's amazing. She's yeah. just a character. She's constant a character. See, I told you a character. Mm. <laughs> no, like in in this film, she does way better like of being this character that is enjoyable and fun to watch while the other two mains yeah. I'm like you've done way better both yeah. of you. But this film also made me really want to just go back and watch um Beverly Hills Cop. Right? I <laughs> You just went with it. <laughs> Huh? Because I, 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 I thought you meant True Beverly Hills. I did mean True Beverly yeah. Hills, but I was like, I'm going to see if he catches this. Uh, no, you didn't. Yeah. You, you, <laughs> uh, you've gotten it wrong earlier today. I know, and purpose, that's why I though. went with it. Okay. Like, All right. Just making sure. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, she she's up. killing it in this, and I absolutely loved oh her. Oh, my God. So we have two taglines today. One is a giant. Okay. Ready? A romantic comedy about true love under false pretenses. Mm, it's more just kind of like you mean false deception that it's good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. A romantic comedy about true love deception under the false under the deception that it's a good movie. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then number two, which is funny because uh, they're numbers. So like Gus number one didn't have a ghost of a chance until he became Gus number two with his new looks the girl of his dreams is about to find out that looks are only skin deep when she falls in love with Gus number one and Gus number two she only falls for him because of his looks yeah which is wait no I mean also the totem (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but no the tagline itself is wrong. Yeah. Because she's not falling in love with Gus number one or Gus number two. She's falling in love with Lobo. Lobo Marengus. Like, it's Lobo. Lobo Marengus. She's falling in love with a different yeah. person. Not, I, I don't even know what, this isn't a tagline, by the way. This is a synopsis of the film. It really is. That's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, ladies and gentlemen, with... A gross of one point one million, but I cannot find how much they spent on this uh, on this movie. Other than that, Gutenberg got a million dollars himself, yeah. so we know at least a million was spent. Minimum, yeah. Uh, but it had a gross of one point one million, uh, with one man ass, one Hodgkin's disease makeup, three terrifying speeches of death to a child, one workout montage, one horrible New Zealand accent, one mullet. And one sex-changing sex doll with a 5.9 on IMDb and no score on Rotten Tomatoes but a 60% audience score. It's 1990s extremely confusing title. Is it one or is it it the other? Depends on if you saw it in the theater or got it on DVD. It's Don't Tell Her It's Me or The Boyfriend School. Let's drop some bombs.
Thanks, Rusty. Say hi to Judgito. We are so cute and cuddly. Don't discriminate against us. I don't know your name. Lobo. Lobo Marunga. Lobo. Truly, truly? <laughs> Outrageous. I hope you're not a sore loser. It depends on how hard he's banked me. <laughs> Welcome to Bounce Away, the only podcast recorded inside a projection booth. My name is Jonathan Young. Joining me in the studio, as always, is... I'm sexually confused by the straight George Michael Steve Gutenberg, oh. Jarrett Seifert. <laughs> yes! Um, I'm actually not sexually confused by it. I'm very sexually confident that I'm into, <laughs> George into Michael. his George Michael cosplay. <laughs> George uh, George Michael New Zealand yeah. uh, Kiwi cosplay. It's George Michael's brother, George Michael. Lobo. <laughs> Lobo Marenga. Lobo Marenga. Okay. It's his cousin. All right. So for those of you going like, I don't know what that accent is, guess what? Neither did Steve Gutenberg because it's pretty close, right? I don't know how he like forgot that he was supposed to be doing an accent. He for forgets majority of the movie. mid mid conversation with her at times and she doesn't catch there are a million things that Emily the main girl doesn't catch she's a that real are dumb in one. her face for being an investigative journalist she yeah. is the worst i would not call her a journalist don't you have anything with a little whiskey in it yeah <laughs> that real whiskey in it and she goes, with what? And he's like, whiskey, in his normal American accent. So God. this movie immediately asks, pits, pits the, the, the reality of the fact of, is Steve Gutenberg attractive? In this movie, when he's shirtless in those tiny shorts <laughs> with a half, he full on has half of a boner going on in the scene where he's in tiny shorts. And that is not a lie. I stared at that screen and I was like, that is his penis almost about to poke out. Okay. He was half masked and I loved it. <laughs> and he's ripped, got a nice like stubble on his chest. He like that is he was living a George Michael fantasy and I was so into it. And I like I won't lie, like I knew of George Michael, but I didn't know he was gay, which is pretty bad. I should have my gay card revoked. But like right. I didn't know he was gay for like the longest time. And then I was like, Oh shit, that's why he's so hot. I love it. <laughs> I love that stupid like George Michael, like one earring hanging down, like doesn't care, but <laughs> obviously cares too much. God. He was no. He's Steve Gutenberg in this film when he's all ripped and buff. He's so sexy. <laughs> Never he's gonna so dance good. again. Oh, God. <laughs> and then I was like, why? This is when he had his cancer makeup on. But I was like, why does he sound like that guy from It Takes Two? And then I was like, because he's that guy from It Takes Two with Kirstie <laughs> Alley and the Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen. So wait, you had forgotten who Steve Gutenberg was? I didn't recognize him. Okay. Because in his... um. I should know what cancer this is. It's Hodgkinson's. Hodgkinson's. Yes. Hodg Hodgkinson's lymphoma. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which I know people that have. 
So it actually does that. It's scary. Oh. It's not good. Oh, okay. <laughs> the no. way you're like, I know people. I was like, oh, <laughs> like, oh wow, no, dropping names. Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't want to like, my friend. Yeah, but, yeah no, no, I understand. Like, but no. at first, also, okay, so we'll get into it real quick. Yeah. The movie starts off with like cartoon animation of like the saddest character you've ever seen. Right. And I didn't know that he had cancer. I thought it was just like he was. It was like being a Ziggy tested. cartoon. Yeah. I thought he was just like, like they were like, what experiments can we do on this person? But also, there was definitely what? a suicide <laughs> attempt in the middle of it. There's multiple suicide attempts like, in oh, the animation whoa. for the title sequence. Right, so sad. Yeah, there's there is an animation where he's going to, he's hang, about to hang himself. himself. Yeah, and somebody like walks in on him and like he falls. Like, uh, yeah, this weird. You're like, okay, uh, whoever drew this is at the end of their rope, <laughs> literally. Yeah. Um, but okay, uh, yeah, you want to dive in? Yeah. All right. Um, so one, the movie itself. Needs to make up its mind on its title. Yeah. <laughs> okay. But, so yeah. what the history of this is, is that it's based on a book, right? It's based on a book by uh, Sarah Bird, right? Called. Uh, no, there's not a bird in here. No. <laughs> Sarah Bird in here? Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's Sarah Bird. Is uh, Sarah Bird in here? Uh, no, no. <laughs> no, that's just stupid. the air conditioning. <laughs> um, so it's based... Stop. <laughs> I got to get through this. It's based on a book... Sarah Bird in here? Yeah, I know. Okay, yeah. go. <laughs> it's based on a book by Sarah Bird called here. The Boyfriend School. Yeah. Okay? And then she wrote a screenplay also called The Boyfriend School. Um, somewhere along the line, they were like... Uh, no. It's a working title. Yeah, it's a working title. Let's call it Don't Tell Her It's Me, right? And then the theme song, which plays over this animation we spoke about and also plays over the credits, is one of those 80s, 90s, like, let's write a song with the title of the movie in it. Yeah. Right? Um. So they, they doubled down and was like, oh, we're going to – write this song called Don't Tell Her It's Me because that's the title of it, and it's there. It plays out, right? But somewhere, once it got to, like, it did very poorly in the theater, and then once it, it got to VHS and it was Don't Tell Her It's Me still, but then when MGM released it on DVD and when they sent it to, like, further viewings on HBO or I think Cinemax got it back in the 90s, they changed it to the boyfriend school again because the boyfriend school novel was gaining more traction again. So they're like, Oh, like we'll just retitle it and people will watch it because of that now. And it's like, no, that actually still didn't happen. But the copies that we watched, whoever transferred this onto the internet, um, it has the theme song. Like it's, I don't think they were going to change the theme song, but it says the boyfriend school, on the title card in yeah. the title sequence. I always just thought of it as the boyfriend school. Oh, yeah? In the, like, ten days that I've known of it. <laughs> um, I knew it as Don't Tell Her It's Me when I saw it as a child. Okay. So, um, and that was the original theatrical title. So that's what I will actually... Uh, People that are listening to this already have seen the title yeah. for this episode. I'm so, I'm titling it both. <laughs> but also, like... Don't tell her it's me. No one's trying to. No one's about nobody, to. Yeah, nobody no has this like, deep, like, hard secret yeah. in this movie. 
but so stupid. but also the boyfriend school doesn't really apply either because she's not teaching him how to be a boyfriend. She's teaching yeah. him how to manipulate other humans. <laughs> it's like someone's like, this is a great name for like a book. And then they start writing it and it has nothing to do with the name. Yeah. Don't title your story, your book, your article before you've written it. Right. Dummies. Because the boyfriend school seems like a take on Cyrano de Bergiac, like the title. Right. Sure. But- I'll pretend that I know that French or Italian person. Oh, my God. OK. Cyrano de Bergiac is. The- I also thought it was de Bergiac. You don't even know. Don't even try to. It's de bourgeois. It's it's based on um the the uh, the classic trope. No, like the well, kind of the classic. It's it's based on like she's all that. We have no no more of um what's that that James Franco movie back in uh, like early James Franco uh something uh. She's all that. It's not she's all that. No, because they pretty up the ugly person and then trick them into dating them. No, that was that. That's not what I'm talking about. Okay. I'm talking about the boyfriend school title, right? Would apply to this type of cliche plot, which is is, um, uh, ugly guy likes handsome girl, right? Handsome girl. I mean, sorry. (laughs) Uh, Ugly guy likes pretty girl, right? Like love interest. Can't get her. Then handsome guy who can't. Like talk to girls, yeah. asks ugly guy to either write him a poem or get him to say things in his ear so that he can win the girl over. Whatever it takes. Thank you. Whatever it, t- it takes is is the Cyrano de Bergerac for the 2000s. Uh, before that, in the 80s, it was a movie called Roxanne with Steve Martin Just so you and know, Daryl Hannah. The poster for Whatever It Takes looks like a gay porn. <laughs> it does? <laughs> it really no, does. No, I've seen this. Uh, I've it seen is. that movie. It is. With Shane. Uh, oh, we got to do this. Yeah, it's it's actually not too bad, but it Shane is definitely. Shane West. It, yeah, Shane West. It's, it's a movie that's just like. Um, that, that Sabrina, like that Sabrina the Teenage Witch <gasps> movie. Like, it's. she. It, who, who's her name? Clarissa. Like she was in a movie in this same time frame that it was her and the guy who was the main guy in Entourage. Like, yeah, um, they're in a movie together. Like it's in that same time period as she's all that and everything. Like it feels the same. I don't know. Weinstein was doing a whole bunch of this kind of shitty dimension films back then. We all know about what he's done. Yeah. (laughs) So um, but that's more in line with what the title would suggest it's like yeah. i'm going to teach you how to be a beautiful like <laughs> there a it is a beautiful man a great a great boyfriend for this a girl that boyfriend. i'm in love with but that's not this movie it doesn't apply this is more like i don't know how to trick and manipulate the people around you to well, do what you want well this one is more like the um god not 10 things i hate about you i said it like 5 seconds ago um this is more like the Make the the ugly girl pretty and make the guy fall in love with him. But it's a bit no, more of deception because in it. she's all that. The plot was let's make the ugly girl pretty so that she becomes basically like prom queen, right? Yeah. And then in that process, I was only supposed to be doing it for a bit, and I fell, and for, fell you, for you, right? Yeah. That's not this either. This is I'm trying to find something that really compares there is something to it. like it. I, there it's is a very it's a very classic trope. Yeah, it's it's basically. I'm going to pretend like I was the loser, and I'm going to pretend oh, to be. You know what it is? What? Master of disguise. 
That, <laughs> he's stupid. Um, yeah, it's I'm the loser, and I'm like going to basically reinvent myself and come yeah. back to school as somebody else. And like, yeah, if we're talking about like a high school romance, I'm going to come back to school as somebody else, and now you're going to fall for me, and you do, and then I have to reveal who I really was the whole time. That's the gist of this. I just can't. If you're listening out there and have like had your like finger on the pulse for the past. 15 minutes as we've tried to figure this out. Finger please. us and let us know. <laughs> yeah. Finger us on your little keyboards. Yeah. And uh, yeah, tell us because I, I can't figure out what this compares to. Like yeah. we're, we're hitting there close is something. tropes to yeah. it, but it's not exactly it. There is one thing that's very like specific that I can't yeah. figure out what it is. Um, Cause it's not the cross dressing thing, but it's close to that where it's like, I'm a woman who pretends to be a man. And then I have to reveal myself and I'm in love with you. But yeah, white chicks, uh, yeah, white chicks. Um, uh, she's the man, uh, like it's close to that, but it's also not that. Yeah. Like, cause that's a trope in itself. So it's there. And if you guys know what it is and you've been shouting at your stereo for the past 15 minutes, well, you just message us. So back to the movie. Let's dive like, in. So we open up with like this, the cartoon credits of like him getting his different cancer treatments. Well, first, it's Shelley Long doing a voiceover, pretending to write her next uh, novel. Yeah. And it's like on South Carolina. And she grabbed his quivering yeah, beast. Right. Uh, no, and she's like, no, no that's mind. not it. And the movie like rewinds itself. And it's like now she grabbed his quivering quivering steel iron gates yeah and it's like, like more of a spooky take and then it goes back to southern california and then she's like gus and then she's like no my brother that's just survived cancer right so this is this is our first shelly long is the yeah. queen of exposition in this yeah. movie because uh this is our first example of it right and then they show pictures which i believe are all actually from steve gutenberg's real childhood <laughs> yeah, um, not sure about the family photo at the beach where like whoever the youngest person is is supposed to be Gus. Yeah, but then there's definitely a shot of Gutenberg at his own prom. <laughs> yeah, and then another one where he's a little bit younger, I guess, from police academy years. <laughs> and then, um, and but all throughout this, she's like, I don't know what I'm gonna do. He just needs to find love and get himself back out there. And you're like. All right, cool. He's just a guy down on his luck, right? Then this whole depressing cartoon sequence comes, right? Yeah. And then the theme song, Don't Tell Her It's Me. And you're like, oh, okay, we're in the 90s. Theming it. Hard in the 90s. Right. And then um, we are introduced to Steve Gutenberg as and Gus. Dog. And... As all 90s movies have, it's a very talented Jack Russell Terrier. Yep. <laughs> which we never see again. Yeah. Um, we see the dog once after do we? this. Yeah. Okay. Maybe twice. We don't see it by the end when it would matter no, yeah. when you're about to take a long vacation. Yeah, I know. I was like, oh, talk the dog <laughs> then. Jeez. Right? Um, Bend for itself. Yeah. So then, and Shelley Long comes and she has brought Gus groceries. And uh, as she's he, like, this is the last time I'm bringing you groceries. Right. And she's bringing him groceries because she is also in her like one sided dialogue to him is, is giving us all the exposition that we yeah. need. That basically you've cured your cancer. Uh, you need to get back out there. You need to start dating again. Like stop being depressed. And I'm no longer going to be delivering groceries to your house. You need to get out of the house. And and he's like, I can't get out of the house when I look 
<laughs> like he looks horrible to yeah. me. <laughs> he, he looks, looks like um, Tweedledee and Tweedledum from Tim Burton's Alice oh. in Wonderland. <laughs> Look, <laughs> he does. That's like spot on too. Oh man, he looks like Renfield. <laughs> he just he looks awful. He like, looks like um, a castrated monk. Mm, okay. <laughs> like there's like two or three strings of hair hanging from the back of his head. Ew, it's so dis- it's like it's <laughs> yeah. Shave it off, right? Give it up. Which is interesting. Those aren't doing anything because this is the only scene where they gave yeah. him additional makeup. Because the next time you see him, he has an actual shaved head. Where they were like, Gutenberg actually just shaved his head, so like he's cleaned himself up and not wearing. Maybe any that makeup. was a scene that they filmed like after. He shaved his head and it started growing back. Maybe. Where they're like, we need an establishing scene. Something. Yeah. But it's there. His face is puffier. They've put makeup on him. And it is. He's he looks right. like a cracked eggshell. Yeah. Like, he's like. Really? Yeah. Really gross. And I love this, too. She's like, well, like, who cares about your hair? Didn't you get that, like, toupee I sent you? And he, like, puts on the toupee. He doesn't know how to put it on consistently. It's like, Never dude, knows how to put angles, it on. <laughs> shit. He's really bad at it. But he also looks like, remember that, like, it was, like, 10 years ago, that, like, that Russian, like, la, 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 He looks like that guy, <laughs> like, in this, where he's, he's, he's pretending to be a lounge singer for a second. Yeah. We're like, okay, he got... The imp- the joke that I just threw it's, out. It's also it's just such an ugly toupee. Where it's yeah, like, no, it's like seventies hair. But I just don't like it. What makes him ugly in this? Because he doesn't look that bad when his head is just pure, like cl- freshly shaven. Yeah, in one of the next scenes, he doesn't look that bad. It's the the jowls, his like cheeks and everything yeah. that they've added that makes him look overweight and disgusting yeah um that really make this bad it's like you didn't need the toupee if you also weren't grossly overweight which is i not to sound insensitive but like don't you lose weight with chemotherapy i I don't know would imagine right right because it makes you sick yeah, essentially. it makes you pretty much throw up. It's like guts out, right? putting yourself in a microwave and just yeah. taking in all the radiation. That's got to be horrible. Yeah. Um, uh, so yeah, but but they're not they're not playing it well enough for it to be sympathetic, and that's why like I don't feel sympathetic when I speak about it right now. Yeah, is because it's it feels like a lifetime movie, so you're already rolling your eyes as like he comes like she's like I almost lost you, and he's. Like at his drafting table, like not paying attention, drawing one of these Ziggy cartoons that you just saw three minutes worth. Yeah. And then like comes over, waddles over and gives her a hug. And like it's like an ass out hug. Like he's not. <laughs> he's just like, he's like eh, you're I my love sister. you, sis. No, not that close. Right. And so you're like, oh, God, this is going to be I, I really hope that this doesn't play out like this the whole movie, which it doesn't. It, yeah. it It's uh, something else happens insane. Hmm. Um, so. Um, now we're thrown over to Emily. Yes, Emily is the lead love interest of the movie, right? And she's on her a date. Yes, she's on a date. She's wearing way too much metal medallions all over her. Like she's got extremely large, like horse metal type medallions on her ears, but also has like horse metal. No, like it's metal horses. Oh. (laughs) I was like, what? horse metals. It's horse, metal. oh, she it's horse metal. That's what they are. Um, 
No, but like no, they look like like horses, yeah, but they're yeah, yeah, yeah. giant. They're yeah. like like it, as it extends from her ear, they're definitely from like top of neck to shoulder yeah. in length, right? But also has this like uh, anchor or something on her like suit coat lapel pin because yeah. she's wearing that like women's '90s suit coat mm. blazer thing Power going suit. on, right? Um, and she's on an incredibly horrible date where the guy is like doesn't even know her name. He's like, see you later. Like, uh, I don't know, something Elizabeth. Yeah. And she's like, it's Emily. Right. And he's like, yeah, no worries. See you next time. And like, like he's like just stupid. He's very oblivious to the fact that she wasn't having fun. No. And like, he's trying to get her drunk. He's like, eh, those happy hour. Let's make it happy. Uh, yeah, yeah. And he's like go. trying to speak Spanish to like the bartender, but she's like, even the bartender's not happy. The bartender's it. like, yeah, you want two? Or he's like, uh, dos para un, and she was like, "Yeah, it's still two for one. It's still happy hour." And he's like, "Oh yeah, uh, dos mas," and right. she's like, "Okay." Like obviously a white lady, like very much speaking English, and she's like, "You don't have to do that, you idiot." <laughs> yeah. So, but um, then Emily goes home, and she's like, "Nah, bye." Right now, but it Emily, turns out Emily's already engaged or something. This is weird too. Okay, I don't know. This whole movie dances around it. Okay, so um, Emily is played by Jamie Gertz, mm-hmm. which uh, most famously m- people would know her as Star in The Lost Boys. That's like my favorite role that she's ever done. Yeah. Um, but she, I really, I like her at times in this film, and then other times, like we said. She seems oblivious, like kind of airheaded, yeah, and easily manipulatable. Yeah, is that a word? <laughs> easily manipulated. Okay, manipulable. She's malleable. Lady. Yeah, um, and and this shows it. So she works at a magazine as edit at an edit uh, a journalist, an investigative journalist, right? The name of the magazine is Grackle? Did you notice this? No. Okay. At first, I was like, is it Crackle? Is it like the the streaming app? Right? Because it's it's up as as her and- Oh, as I- Yeah. Her and his name is Trout. Trout. (laughs) Right? Played by Kyle MacLachlan uh, from Twin Peaks. Yeah. And Blue Velvet. Um, Playing another like- More blue- (laughs) Please don't. God, that movie's ridiculous. I'm sorry. <laughs> People are going to, we hate you. Yeah. Wow, could you hate on him? I'm like, oh, yeah, because it's well, a ridiculous movie. Easy like, to hate. Go ahead and try to watch Dennis Hopper and not smile and laugh at that film. Yeah. Um, so uh, he is playing that typical asshole smarmy boyfriend who's clearly cheating on the side. Yeah. Right? And says, Very obviously. Yeah. Right, that's a trope, and it. But it's not even like the movies trying to like make fun of it. It's just like it's super obvious. Like every time he's around, there's like backup girl yeah, that's like it's always obvious, waiting for her not chance. Pleasant, yeah. You know, like usually when you see this kind of girl, guy, it's like a guy you kind of like to hate. Yeah, where you're like, fuck that dude. I can't wait for till she like says get out. Right. Yeah. That never happens in this. It's just here's this douche. Yeah. Right. But he, like, he goes to meet up with her later, and, like, the girl's still there. Yeah. It's like, they're ending it. And he's like, then when'd you be back? And it's like, you literally have the other girl in your car, dude. Yeah. Where? And then he's also in that scene. He's lying to that girl. Who's yeah. like, I broke up with her. Right? <laughs> and you're like, I don't understand where this need to, like, yeah. have, uh, I have the power. It's like, doesn't matter. Like, yeah. 
Uh, so he plays Trout, and he is, if not the owner, he's no, he's not the owner because that girl he's cheating with, her daddy owns the magazine apparently. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's the like the head editor, editor, right? editor in chief of Grackle. Yeah, <laughs> right. And I I saw it on the sign and I questioned it. And then as they go inside to ha- continue their dialogue, there's like that are like real. Like yeah. what a horrible name. That's terrible. Right. Um. So I didn't. I was like, you could have came up yeah. with anything. And like this is yeah. this is that lazy. It's it's lazy writing, but then it's also not lazy because you made a fake sign to put out on the storefront <laughs> for Grackle. So you invested in a shitty name. Yeah. Right. So during this entire time, we've got her editor in chief slash fiance, who's wearing ocular pat down sunglasses. In yeah. This scene. <laughs> I was like, uh, did you just get your eyes dilated? What are you doing? <laughs> He's and wearing then, he's wearing like circular like sixties shades, but also with like side, horse blinders yeah. on the side. Jesus Christ! Uh, uh, but yeah. he's trying to convince her that she should take a, an article that she doesn't really want to take. And the also, article why are is, they both out of breath in this scene? They've walked. Did you notice full thirty feet? It's really it's like, daunting. I can't. Yeah. I don't want you yeah. to leave me. And then somebody like says something else to him, and he's like, "That's bullshit, Eddie. That's yeah. bullshit." Right? Oh God, I can't breathe. Like they're both out of breath for yeah. no reason. They're like the scene's escalating for no reason, and she's trying to talk about their relationship, and he's like, "I need my best editor girl out there." Like, yeah. and he assigns her to go to this convention. Where um, it's she, like a romance novel convention. And she third, goes in with guns a blazing. The third annual Lovebury. Yeah, it says it's terrible. Right? And it's also stupid because it's like, why would they ever have that? And why would they have it there? Okay, so it's a romance writers convention, right? It is extremely packed for something. I'm like, there can't be to that the many. Gills. But if you notice, it's all filled with middle aged women. So it's like middle aged women dressed as Southern belles. Yeah. Also weird, right? Now, um, sh- this is where she runs into Shelley Long's character. Yeah. Right? And she's like um, shitting on Shelley Long as a writer right? to Shelley Long's face. And then, like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. But Shelley Long immediately looks at her and is like, hey, are you single? Do you want to f- fuck someone that just got over cancer? Um, <laughs> you want to marry him? Do you have any qualms about cancer? Like, she's, like, hounding her. But she's also questioning her in a way that would make you think, like, are you gay? Are you hitting on me? Yeah. <laughs> right? I was like, whoa. Right? And then she eventually. Are you single? Or are you um, are you dating, married, <laughs> um, anything? Like, but she. Uh... But she. How does she not. Okay, in this scene, how does she not connect two and two to get. This is that first sign of, like, you're a horrible investigative journalist. Yeah. Because. Shelly Long is standing next, next to, to a, a cardboard giant cutout post, yeah, cardboard cutout of herself. Like And people are asking her for autographs as they are talking. Right? <laughs> Can't figure it out. Um also, did you notice in this scene and they cross in front of camera, there's a nun and a guy in like a monk's cloak? Yeah. Cosplay. <laughs> <laughs> They're cosplaying. Well, it's it's the love yeah. Like anything goes. Like there's a whole S and M portion with yeah, like nuns and fantasies. Exactly. I get it. I get it. So Shelley Long, um, eventually, as she's talking to 
the character Emily. Emily's like, oh, I want to interview for this piece. And Shelly's like, cool, you'll get your interview, but like, come over for dinner. Like, we'll right. talk more there. Right. So first manipulation of yeah. Emily. <laughs> and then um, Emily joins them at dinner. Right. So she goes to their house for dinner. And this is where Shelly Long yeah. starts doing more <laughs> establishing dialogue yeah. for things that will lead to other things mm-hmm. later in the movie. Uh, things like... Uh, my dog. He doesn't like anyone but my brother. Yeah, right. You're like, okay, that's gonna. Play my out. daughter doesn't talk. She only says the word uncle because she loves uncle. her uncle. Uncle, uncle. right? Oh God, right. So these two things, like, and you're hearing them like off screen. She's not not really seeing them immediately to Emily. Like where we're watching it, yeah. it's like off in the kitchen. Be like, that's weird. He doesn't say anything but my uncle, yeah. right? And you're like. Well, I feel like that's important, especially in a movie that we know is going to be a, like, change of identity movie. Yeah. <laughs> like, thanks for making it extremely obvious. Watch out. We're going to know. <laughs> right? But but we're going to play it off. <laughs> Somehow the investigative journalist won't know that it's him. Yeah. Right? And don't anybody tell her because that's the name of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, meanwhile, as all that's playing out... um. We have the little Shelley Long's little girl. His name is Annabelle, but they call her Piglet. Puts a full right? bolt in her mouth. She takes a bolt because there's a bunch of bolts there in a paint can full of oil in the middle of the living room. Yeah, it's like a pile <laughs> of shit. Well, <laughs> like, okay, it's just mechanical pieces on the floor. To be fair. Like, this whole town is a pile of shit. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> okay? It's a disgusting town. So this is Charleston, South Carolina is where this was filmed and oh. supposed to be based in, right? And just everything about it feels filthy and old. And to me, like, at first I went, is this is this, uh, is this New Orleans? Like, it has a New Orleans swampy feel. Yeah. Right? And, and also it has, town. like, very plantation-esque things, yeah. right? Apparently it's an island town. Oh, uh, James Island. All right, cool. Um, yeah, which after right immediately after the filming of this, a hurricane hit and basically destroyed almost every single filming location, like facades. It came so, too like, late. If you, <laughs> if you are trying to hunt down, don't tell her it's me slash yeah. the boyfriend school memorabilia and and <laughs> good luck. Yeah, because <laughs> it's not there. Yes, Hurricane Hugo in 1990 swept through and destroyed most of South Hugo. Carolina, Charleston. Um, so, Gus rolls up. Yes. Wait. Well, I'm yeah. talking about the dirty yeah. bolts in the living room, right? So it fits with this. This place is dirty, right? Yeah. So little piglet grabs a bolt that's covered in oil and just sticks it in her mouth. Yeah. Right. And this is. Where what I think is some of the most enjoyable things from Shelley Long oh, come into it. place. Yeah, uh, I should have wrote it down because it's it's just well. So the whole like there are bits throughout <laughs> the entire movie where uh, Annabelle will piglet. She'll do something. <laughs> she takes a crescent wrench and actually starts undoing the gas line yeah. and the heater. But like, she eats a cockroach. Yeah. She like she does different things that like are potentially dangerous, and Shelley Long overly explains what would happen. Yeah. Like with the whenever she starts undoing the gas line, she's like, "Now, Piglet, we know we don't want to do that because eventually you would take in so much carbon monoxide that your fingernails and well, your I lips would it. turn cherry red." Okay, I have the space heater one that happens later. I did write that one down. I it goes, 
No, Annabelle, don't play with the space heater coil. Piglet, if you breathe gas, it will tie up all your available hemoglobins and there will be none left for your oxygen transfer. Your lips and nail beds will turn cherry red and you'll die of carbon monoxide poisoning. And then she sits down and goes, I like to acquaint her with consequences. (laughs) And like, but I'm not doing the delivery or anything justice. Like this is probably like the best stuff in the movie is this like constant. uh, The kid doesn't even talk other than saying uncle. Right. And she's throwing these terms out and you know, it's, it's in this like, I'm a superior mother and educated mother type of thing. Yeah. And like, it's done so well, I think. Cause like, she's a writer and like, she's trying to be like classy and teach her children lessons, but it's coming off it, like, you're like, that's terrifying. <laughs> right. Scary. I like so it, the little girl, um, goes and, uh, spits out the bolt and drops it right in Emily's, uh, uh, immaculately oh, yeah. white yeah. dress that white she's dress. wearing. Blip. Right. Which immediately looks like, um, you know... A black vagina stain. <laughs> yep. <laughs> like, right in her crotch. And th- she's like, let's take you and, like, get this off of you and wash you up. Meanwhile, Gus has been invited to dinner, too. And as this has all been playing out, the scene has been jumping back and forth between what's happening that we described and him trying to decide, does he wear his wig or does he not wear this wig? Because he has seen Emily through the window, and he is immediately love at first sight. Yeah. Um, until finally, uh, Piglet goes outside and is like, "Oh, cow!" And he's like, "Oh no, don't run in and tell them I'm here!" Like, and spoils that he's here. So now he has to go inside, no matter if he's talked himself up or not. Um, he immediately goes to where Emily is changing, and thinks that it's Lizzie, and he's like, "I don't think I can go through with this." And then. Emily is pretty much fully dressed because she's wearing that like nineties like she's wearing like she's wearing a um, yeah plus like a full on like what looks like would be a Fredericks and Hollywood eighties like Teddy yeah <laughs> like it's it, she she's fully clothed yeah. for being somebody it who looks doesn't like have she her was wearing on. pajamas underneath her dress yes it's like all right right and he's like oh my god I'm sorry I walked in on you right so it's like they've already off to an awkward start right? yeah but. It, Honestly, it shouldn't be that awkward. No. Like, because the next scene, they are sitting across from each other, right? And nobody's It's talking. dinner. It's super silent. They're eating soup. And then yep. the... The Randy Quaid Long, knockoff husband yeah. is there, <laughs> slurping it up, and is like, I think we need music. Dinner music. Oh, I almost right? forgot. And so it turns on this extremely loud music. Yeah. And um, then the two of them, uh, Lizzie and her husband, like, leave... In order for them to get acquainted, acquainted over the extremely loud, awkward music, they like can't hear each other, so they're yelling, blah mm-hmm. blah blah. Um, he accidentally pushes his wig in a like further back. And... He, looks, he looks like the aliens from this island Earth. Uh. <laughs> he looks so alien-like yeah. with his with the wig pushed up and this giant egghead forehead, uh, forehead. That's like a five head, and she. Um, when he realizes that the wig's down, she's in like mid sentence and just stops herself. And I think it's more awkward to not just carry on the conversation while he fixes oh, the yeah. wig. Cause she just stops and she's like, uh, and like looks away and you're like, what? Just don't acknowledge it. Yeah. Like, 
Oh, God. So then, in another weird turn of events, the husband brings out the main course. Oh, the main course is like uh, octopus noodles? It, nope, it's jellyfish. jellyfish salad. Yeah, jellyfish okay? salad. So it's called Young So High. Oh. <laughs> right? It's jellyfish salad. Like, why? Are they trying? Okay, because Lizzie is dressed in like a kimono and has like yeah. chopsticks in her hair, right? And she's put... Uh, Emily in a Komodo because her dress isn't ready too, right? So like, what what are they going for? Yeah, you know because this is supposed to be you're coming to dinner so that I can interview you, and on Lizzie's side it's you're coming to dinner so you can meet my brother. Yeah, right. And in what world do we think that? Where I'm gonna allow my husband to make this ridiculous yeah. thing that I personally have never heard. Well, they're of. just a very like Emily says later in the film. She's like they're characters. Yes. So I guess so. Emily but, like, eats it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Emily eats it and she starts. She like puts a whole like spoonful in her mouth and she's like weird. It's chewy but gritty but like weird. Yeah. And, and then, then he's she like, hallucinates that Gus looks like the creature in yeah, the, the, the I, deformed guy in the wheelchair from Hills think, Have Eyes who's like, yeah. it's breakfast time. I think it's supposed to imply that she's <laughs> you having know what like... You talking about, don't you? Not, you know I don't You've never movies. seen Hills Have Eyes? Not... The remake? Ever, no. Oh. You in horror movies, you should love... I know. The, I, I lo- this is a great remake, Hills okay. Have Eyes. So cool. she... He... This is oh, this is the second time, but it's a hallucination that they put him in like m- more makeup than yeah. he's normally. He has this like bulged out neck, right? And like so, I don't know. She, I think she was having an allergic reaction, but they like kind of didn't play it do out it properly. Right? Yeah, it just seems like she was disgusted by everything that was going yeah. on. But that's what's sad is that like her hallucination of him makes it seem like she just imagines he's a disgusting person. Yeah. Right? And you're like, ah, that's a little insensitive. Well, I think that was what it was supposed to try and portray. I guess. Like, it's just weird. Yeah. yeah he looks, like, horrible. Like, yeah. he looks like a monster. So <laughs> then Emily goes home, mm-hmm. and uh, Gus is like, I'm kind of bummed this isn't working. Sure. He's and, like, she'll never see me yeah. for, like, you know, the nice guy inside. And um, this is also where, um, what's it called? Then they go back. Emily ha- is playing Narc, the arcade video game. Yeah, from back in her in the office. 90s. No, in Trout's office. Oh, in Trout's Oh, yeah. Yes. Okay. So Trout just has the video game Narc for some reason, like which is basically an old like Double Dragon like yeah. kind of b- smash em up video game, if people remember it. Uh, but it doesn't – I don't understand like because they focus on it. They, sh- they actually – Yeah, they go real heavy into it. Right? They, they show a screenshot of her playing it. Like why? <laughs> like, no. like, like no one's narking in this film. What no, is? No, it's not. Yeah, it's not an, an allusion to anything. Yeah. Like it's not. Like, it it makes no sense, right? And then, uh, this scene kind of makes no sense either, uh, other than the fact that like uh, Trout is jealous that she went out somewhere and he doesn't know where it is, right? Yeah. So. This scene establishes that he is still in love with her and he's jealous that she might be going out with other people, right? And then he calls himself King B, which yeah. <laughs> I don't quite understand what that is. Like, 
They don't have kings in the B system. <laughs> Uh, but she's digging it. He's like, King B is going to get that hive. And I'm like, oh, shit. Ooh, he's got hives? <laughs> right? Um, and then scene over, I guess. Yeah. Um, so Lizzie has given Emily her entire collection. Her book collection. Her book collection. That no one can hold just one book at one time. No. You've got you've to go. got to hold every single book and at once. And push them together yeah. hard. You got to use physics. Yeah. And so she gives her that, and Emily starts reading the first book, and seems to be halfway through before she's like disgusted and is like, "Ugh, black!" and like throws it across the room. Tries to read a different like self help book. Something like the child of I don't even know. Yeah, is I was like, just go to bed, I guess. Like, and then she like peeks up and still looks at the book, and then it's like early morning and she's like on the final pages and she's like breathing and touching Mm -hmm. her own chest and then like as she's finishing the book like someone knocks on the door and she's like oh hold on and it's uh shelly yeah lizzie Mm -hmm. lizzie shelly shelly lizzie she's shown up because like they didn't do the interview yeah under the ruse of she didn't do the interview but it's becoming painfully obvious within the first minute that Lizzie is scouting her apartment to see if does does she have a man in interest. She's looking into her trash to see if she has anything in common. Yeah, straight up staring into her trash can. I was like, oh my god, it's weird, yeah. right? And they give us a shot of what's in the trash can, so that we, as an audience, who also got a shot of what's in Gus's trash can in the beginning of the film, so that we go, oh my oh, god, they, they eat like cheeseburgers. Yeah. They like things, right? And you're like, that's not. You couldn't have found anything else in the room. You couldn't have maybe she likes cartoons. He's yeah. a cartoonist. Like, give us something because a little bit more, please. The movie. film by the end of the movie never establishes that these two people, Gus and Emily, actually have a yeah, goddamn really thing don't. in common. Not a thing. That's it's basically a movie about like, are you both hot? You should date. <laughs> yeah, oh. right. Are you guys easily manipulable? Yeah. All right, cool. <laughs> there you go. Uh, happy happy life. Because that's what this is. Yeah. <clears throat> so this is another, this is where Annabelle uh, tried to <laughs> undo the uh, gas line with a crescent yeah. wrench, right? And we already did that line of dialogue. Um, but this is also, um, Annabelle then immediately after that picks up a roach and is like yeah. hanging a bug. A roach is hanging out of her mouth. She's eating it. Yeah. Eating a roach. Like this child has got some issues. Yeah. <laughs> right. She's an odd bird. Right. Kit doesn't talk. Doesn't say a word. Eats roaches. Is yeah. trying to blow everybody up. <laughs> like um, interesting to say the least. Right. Um, so Lizzie also notices that. Emily has a picture of her and Trout together on her uh, bedroom. Yeah. Which is like, God damn it, stay out of her bedroom. Like, I you, know. this this woman is insane in, in an interesting character way. Like, it's fun. But, like, when you really think about it, you're like, dear God. Like, and they do acknowledge it by the end of the movie. They're like, she's a meddler. Yeah. She meddles. And, um, but because she sees a picture of her and Trout and she kind of questions her about where her interests lie, um, uh, she takes when when she says, "Oh, what about Gus and Emily?" Who, to her credit, legitimately straight up, uh, doesn't fully beat around the bush. Like when it yeah. comes to like her interest or lack of interest She's in like, Gus. No, which 
like I said, to her credit, way to go because most people like unknowingly lead a lot of people on. Yeah. At, like by not giving them the right responses. She's straight up to Lizzie is like, I'm sorry, I'm just not into it. Right. And then when Lizzie delivers that information to Gus, um, Gus tries one more time just to be a nice guy. Be like, hey, it's Gus from that weird dinner. You want to go to a show? And then <laughs> which, she's like, which he's just Ooh. reading off shows that are in the newspaper yeah. and being like, I got tickets to the Cowboy Bebops. <laughs> <laughs> um, and she's like, no. like she. This is the only time when she's not Pilates. straightforward. Yeah, yeah. Th- but she's still enough to be like, take the hint, bro. Yeah. You know, because she uh, – He's like, how about the Cowboy Bebop? She's like, no, I'm sorry. I'm taking these classes. And then he asked for something else. And she's like, oh, I'm really busy that day. Uh, the only misstep that – and it's, I think a lot of women do this is in order to be nice by the end because she feels sorry. Like yeah, he has cancer and I'm not time. into – Yeah. She says the words maybe some other time. So her bad on that part because like instead of being like, I'm sorry – I'm not interested. Yeah, but also men are crazy. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. No, I understand. I'm obvious because he changes his entire personality just to get with a girl. Right. And this is this is where everything in the film turns into I feel like a lot of things that are happening in today's society mm. are are a direct correlation to watching films like this. Yeah. Okay, this John Hughes, like all the way till at least early 2000s, do anything you can to get the girl, you know, and you and will win by yeah. the end. Stupid. Has fucking destroyed us People as a society. People are going to do their own lives. Has destroyed us as a yeah. society. Has destroyed me. I, I swear to God, I, I, will, I will to this day tell you that I am more hopeful and more romantic than your normal average male at this point because of John Hughes. <laughs> it's it's a lot of his fault. Okay? And um but this is another movie that yeah. builds that trope of being like you can completely transform your look, your image, the way you act, your voice. And you will get the girl, and then even when you misstep and you reveal yourself to be who you actually are, it'll it'll be okay. That's not real life. It's, yeah, it's bad. But that's the setup for the rest of the movie. Mm -hmm. So basically, he gets deflated that she's like maybe some other time, and he actually takes the hint there that she's not into Gus. Right? And then he calls his sister, and he's like, make me over. Make me a good guy. And she's like, Great. So they work on like his physical fitness and he gets fit and he starts growing hair. That's where it should have ended though. Yeah. It should have been like in a real life scenario it should have been like let's work on you to get and, a different girl that likes you. Or at least work on you and have you guys meet up one more time and see if it literally was because you had no yeah. hair and you had like stringy strings of hair hanging off you, right? Like let's see if it's like at least it was that one physical. Because to be honest, I'd say physical attraction is at least seventy five percent of yeah. attraction. I mean, if like, you can't look at him, why would you date him? Right, right. So, um, it's to all her about credit, personality. Yeah, no, it's not. Well, Shut up. It is once the initial physical attraction. Yeah. You know, like let's be honest about that. So, 
um, in this moment, they she should have gotten the weight off of him, got him the abs, and and like and 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 then was like, hey, you've already got a really good personality. You're a good guy, which she says in the beginning of the movie. You're a great guy, man. Like you're gonna get somebody. Yeah. Well, then believe in that, and then set them up on one additional meeting. Yeah. Like you've already meddled enough to set them up in the same room once. You can do it again. Oh, yeah. Right, especially because I don't feel like Emily ever writes that article <laughs> about yeah, Lizzie. She never finishes it. Like, well, it doesn't matter because like they're gonna go on a plane and happily yeah. ever after. Who gives a shit about the grackle? <laughs> <laughs> um, but that's where it should have stopped. But no, they go the extra. They decide to turn him into a New Zealander. A New Zealander uh, with the mullet. He rides a motorcycle and is basically. Mel Gibson from Mad Max. Yeah. Right? He's even got, like, like armor or shin guard yeah. armor and stuff like that. And I and he's half in... expect him to have, like, a Bowie knife in his boot. Yeah. You know? And he's, um, like, in the United States illegally? No idea. Because he's, like, uh, and she's, like, oh, you have a green card. Oh, you're here illegally. Right? Oh, I have to marry you to make you a legal citizen. Let's do it. Like, she's so hyped for it. Oh, it's totally that fantasy. Yeah. Right? So, like, that's the idea, is that you have a romance novelist who is taking her idea of what she believes women want in the early 90s and giving her that. Meanwhile, she's never studied to know if Emily even appreciates her books, that she would be into that trope. Right? She's She's not done enough research... To be to be investing her brother's spirit and money into this character, yeah. But somehow it just, of course, in the sub- suspension of of movie not logic, immediately, of course, she's going to go for it. Yeah. But as you said, you were going for George Michael too, yeah. and I think everybody was at that point. He was a handsome right? man. He was beauty. Yeah, he's like a he's like a not ripped Fabio. <laughs> I would rather have it that way. Yeah. Um, so yeah, in a montage, like they, she gives him, uh, cause he tries to do other accents. He's like, I can do French. And then it's not a French accent. Yeah. And then he's like, what about Spanish? She's like, like we got to do an accent that no one knows a lot right? about. So that made me question going like, um, did nobody know what New Zealanders sound know. like in 1990? <laughs> like, I didn't understand that, but you can get him on uh, uh, um, um, uh, audio book, a cassette. A cassette. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. Get a cassette of New somebody... Zealand words. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. So he's listening to that, and he, she's like, "Listen, repeat, you know, yeah. and do that." So he's listening to this accent of a New Zealander, and then they go to a like a, a stylist, and they're showing him different haircuts on a computer screen, his face with different haircuts. Like clueless and outfits. <laughs> yeah. And then off screen, they're like, yes, that's the one, right? Mind you, he did not have enough hair to pull off this mullet in this scene. They probably glued extensions on. You think so? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Pretty good Because he's also not a blonde because they yeah. make sure they establish that buddy in the movie. <laughs> um, but he's kind of blonde in this, like yeah. a dirty blonde. So right? he gets his hair done, and then we see Emily getting gas at a gas station, mm-hmm. and she, for some reason, gets di- well. She does. She gets distracted because miraculously, Gus is there. 
Okay. On his motorcycle. He must have stalked oh, her. Oh, he stalked her 100%. Absolutely, right? Yeah. Like, he's just riding around town, like, looking for her, like, shitty 1957 Buick that's, like, pumping out, like, exhaust fumes and everywhere she goes. 30 feet long. Yeah, right? Long so, I guess it wasn't hard to find. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, she pulls up, starts pumping gas. Immediately, he pulls up in a motorcycle and kind of silently, like, stares her down and... Uh, and is pumping gas as well. She goes in to to the clerk to be like, "Listen, I only have three bucks, but I put twenty dollars worth yeah, in my gas." <laughs> also, gas at that time was a dollar ninety nine cents, right? I, I saw like, it. Yeah, you put twenty gallons in that car. Okay. Yeah, no, Jeez. I can believe that. It's an old school I car. I drive a Prius, and it only takes ten <laughs> gallons, but it lasts me forever. Yeah, but I I believe that. My problem is that like. She How did you go money? 20 gallons yeah. and not have anything, right? And then is like, do you take, like, Sears cards? I'm like, when did you become yeah. retarded? <laughs> um, and it turns out that the conven- the gas station is being robbed. Yeah, that's not the so, convenience store clerk. The convenience store clerk is on the floor yeah. at, held at gunpoint. The person she's talking to is the robber. And he's holding her at gunpoint then, and then Gus walks in. And Gus, like, wanders around the gas station. Is like, I need beer. I don't need beer. This place is getting robbed. Tries to leave, mm-hmm. doesn't leave, and then walks up and is like, doing his own internal monologue, like, you can't do this. Yeah, you can. No. It's the only point in the movie that has an internal monologue, too. So, yeah. like, it feels misplaced and out of nowhere. Yeah. You know? You, I mean, I get it. Like, comedically, they're like, we have to show what he's thinking. Yeah. Like, but, no, just do it. Right. <laughs> you know? So he's fiddling with the coffee maker. He picks up a beef jerky stick and is like, this isn't a weapon, and puts it back in. And yeah. I'm like, you just dirtied that beef jerky stick, asshole. Well, it's wrapped. Who cares? <laughs> no, it's like one of those blank ones that's in, like, a container that's like self-serve with tongs. Oh, okay. But well, then he grabs a coffee mug and as he the- He fast times in Ridgemont Highs, the guy. Yeah. <laughs> as exactly the guy's distracted by like his getaway wife. Who he... rolls out of the truck in, with a machete? Yeah. <laughs> Which is oddly very similar to the movie I just watched on Netflix called um, The the Ritual. Yep. It just happens. keep bringing that one up every I week. I know. It just <laughs> happened because they're in a convenience store and people are robbing it with a machete. Hey, sometimes that's the start of the movie. Sometimes you it's got crazy. a reference. Don't tell her yeah. it's me. <laughs> but so then he like throws the the coffee pot in his face. It's just an empty one with glass, so it's not that satisfying. But it distracts him. The wife rolls in with the machete, and then uh, Emily takes a cooler chest full of ice and beer yeah. that she got out of nowhere and throws it at the lady and the lady falls and runs out. It's very clumsy. Yeah. Like it's not heroic enough to be like you saved yeah. me. Like. It's clumsy because yeah. he also sprains his ankle here. Yeah, and he right? punches the he punches the robber in the face as well. Okay. And then they start to leave, but Emily's like, "You can't ride your motorcycle on that leg." So he goes home with Emily. Right. And they um, they're sitting on the couch, chilling, chit chatting. And she like touches his leg, and he's like, "Ow!" And she's like, "Oh, please don't pass out." And then he's like, "I should pass out just to fake it." Well, this is also like, this is where his accent goes out of control. Oh yeah, like, um, he's like, "I am Lobo. I hunt alone." Right, <laughs> and you're like, "Okay, that's his like mantra that he says in order to like because because he says it he says it in the convenience store, right?" But then, um, he says something out of accent. 
right? Yeah. And and it's the only time that she really catches it where she's like, "What was that?" And he's like, "Oh, I meant um like." But before he can say anything, he's like, "Uh, uh," and then he like grabs a piece of paper and is like, "My name is Lobo. I hunt alone." Yeah. You know, and you're like, "Oh, he has to say that in order to get the accent right." You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> where it's like, um, there's certain things that you say that are like the catchphrase for somebody yeah. in order to get into the accent. He has to say this mantra. Um, so he's like whispering himself that before. He's like, I meant whiskey. <laughs> like whiskey. Right. Put it in a taller yeah. glass. You know, and you're just like, ah, what is this accent? Really bad. <laughs> he never follows it too. Like they have full conversations, both without accents. And then he goes back to it later. So it's like, she definitely notices. So then, like, he pretends to pass out, and she kisses him, and then she's like, what am I doing? Weird, creepy. And spirits she... full of spirits. Yeah. <laughs> he says that he... one when they, like, I love his, the, he's got the most cliche stupid one-liners for this character that, like, yeah, so the, there's this little totem, and I we couldn't pass over it because it's important. Oh, yeah. It is very much, what's interesting is that the things that he does in this turn out to be the exact kind of things that that really shitty like book in the 2000s the game that whole thing that they based that like vh1 reality show on with like mystery like peacock theory and how to get women and like you know that whole shit no you never heard of that nope okay so like in the early 2000s there was like the pickup artist was the name of the show right and it was how nerdy stupid guys or, or or guys that aren't that good looking can learn from a master pickup artist. And so like then, Hitch. Yeah, yeah, it's Hitch. Okay, cool. Yeah, okay. Yeah. But there was a whole reality show on it, and there was a book, right? And in that book, um, there was this whole thing about like basically leaving an article behind that a girl can, they called it anchoring to, right? Yeah. And it's like something that reminds her of you that now she has and then either holds on to it to remind to keep her mind on or you, you. gotta be back up to get it again exactly yeah it's a right? good trick <laughs> he's like who doesn't I, just know I, that trick right? people are so dumb you have to read a book to figure that out Jesus I guess Christ. so right <laughs> I got like 18 anchors out there right now just waiting oh man yo ho I do yo miss ho my, I miss my Christmas jacket though I left that at someone's house I have like so, my like, Christmas jacket back you haven't given it back yet and I was expecting to hook up already no Thank no, no. You. when I get it back I'll get it back oh it's <laughs> it's still coming yeah. oh it's going to um, uh, but so, yeah. that's what this is this yeah. little necklace that she's like looks like it's from Easter Island he's like what like cause he thought it looked like from I guess New Zealand yeah so even that joke's like played off right um he this this little necklace gets caught in their drinks, so that's the first like mention of it. Like he raises his glass and it's caught in her drink, and spirits full of spirits, <laughs> and 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 then she like you said he she sits on his leg, which she's like oh my god don't pass out, which gives him the idea I should pass out so yeah. that like I've become the victim or something, right? So it's so manipulative. Oh yeah, right. She immediately, as he's passed out, is like, I need to kiss this dude, right? Kisses him, runs away, and he, like, opens his eyes like a peak, like, ha I got her, right? Yeah. She wakes up the next morning. She's, like, barricaded the door, but not. Well, she's barricaded this? her own door. Right. She just put a chair in front of it, so at least, like, that way it's like, if he comes in, I'd know. 
if he comes in, I'll hear the 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 wicker chair yeah. scrape against the wood of the floor, I guess. Yeah. And then I'll wake up and be like, take me. Yeah. Right? <laughs> exactly. Um, but she wakes up and he's not there, but he's written a note in lipstick on her mirror saying, like, too bad you're engaged and has left that totem necklace behind. Yeah. Right? So, where are we? <laughs> well, I then got... the movie kind of gets out of hand where, like, she, I think she chats with her Well, husband. okay, so she wakes up, right, Fiance. and he's not there. Yeah. Um, Trout calls her on the phone, and this, I, I, I wrote this down because she pronounces this like I pronounce things. She's like, Trout, I have to go. There's Jehovah's Witnesses at my door. <laughs> That's exactly how she says yeah. it. And I was like, there's what? <laughs> Who are they? Oh, uh, the Lord Jehovah. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have time to speak about our Lord and Savior, Java? Oh. Like, she says, and I go, all right, that's not right. And that's coming from me. <laughs> yeah. Right? Um. So next, yeah, this is, yeah, this is where it gets weird because um, uh, Lizzie decides to hire a, like, sex coach. Yeah. Which is a great scene because I love this actress. Yeah, she's um, good. From Donnie Darko, and she's the she's the little old lady that well she's not that old, but she's a middle aged lady that like dies in speed. She's the one that like tries to get off the bus when he said nobody get off the bus, and he blows the stairs. Remember yeah. that? Yeah, she's that lady. Um, she's in so much stuff. Yeah, she's a nice side actress. Yeah, she's a character actress. Yeah, but right? she's uh so she's there. She's teaching. Um, right. She's, she's like, teaching Gus about sex. Penises, yeah. <laughs> right. but she's like the pre, like the warm up zones, right? And These like, are our kindling zones, yeah. right? Using a fire analogy, which I was like, what? No. Right before she goes, yeah, some about like the like she's like uh, the breast and the vaginas is the charcoals, <laughs> and you're like, what is happening? Yeah, right. But she's great at it. This is also like the dummy has breasts, but it also has like a Velcro on penis. Oh, and so. she rips it off. <laughs> she just, so it's a sex change dummy. Yeah, like instant sex change, right? For whatever the the moment is, right? Yeah. She also has this like, she's like, this is how we get the fire started, right? And yeah. is like doing this weird like tongue thing to the mannequin. Like she would, and it's not like, it's not like she could be like make out with them. It's like wave your tongue in front of their face. Right. It's wave your tongue in front. It's it's like the symbol for eating someone out. Yeah. When you put your fingers between your mouth and do the that tongue thing, it's the same thing. Yeah. But like in somebody's face. Now I don't know about you. Like, Never done it. <laughs> like not appealing. I mean, that's why I'm still single at 35. <laughs> I've watched this movie and was like, "That's how it's done." That's what I got to do. <laughs> um, but it's weird. And he sees this, and he's like, "No, I can't have Lobo do that to her." And I'm like, "What, what did you plan weird, to do, dude?" Like, so my question is, like, it seems like has he ever had a girl before? Did the Hodgkinsons get him at an early age and he's just finally overcoming it? I don't really know how old he is. So why is this like, I don't, Yeah, it's weird, right? And it's played for laughs, but it doesn't really further the story along either. No, either, right? it's just a throwaway scene. Yeah. Um, and then, but he's upset because he's yeah. already upset that he's playing this ruse on her. 
right? And it's like, dude, you've gone this far. Yeah, like, you can't back I don't out understand now. where you're getting a conscience now. Like, you got a conscience because it worked? Right. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I I don't know. It's great. Right? And then we have the scene where Trout and Emily are at work, right? Uh, You mean where they keep jumping back to the girl he's obviously cheating on with? Yeah, and he's, like, looking over the cubicle, and she's, like, putting on lipstick, and she's like, yeah. 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 And meanwhile, Emily's playing with the totem. Yes. And he's like, oh, is it a present for me? She's like, yeah, he was usually like, when it's, you it's propose, an you, yeah, he's like engagement. And she's like, no, you're supposed to give me something. You I idiot. guess anybody, like, any man that's wearing like a weird, super thin, like earring is going to be an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> and a douchebag. Cause that's what he's wearing. What'd too. you do with yours? Huh? Oh, I got rid of it a while ago. Cause I saw this movie. <laughs> uh, I was like, I can't do this anymore. Not um, so she decides to return the totem. Right to the what? Her last name is Pear. <laughs> yeah, Emily Pear. Yeah. <laughs> Are you all right there? I hate it. I yeah. hate her. Goddamn so, fruit. Um, that sounded like I was being um racist homophobic. to fruit. <laughs> oh, <laughs> racist to fruit or homophobic? Yeah, yeah. So she's like, well, I don't know where he lives. I don't know anything about him, but I do know that he left his motorcycle back there. Maybe he yeah. hasn't picked it up yet. So I'm going to drop off the totem there. But she doesn't drop off the totem there. She, she sits, sits in the car waits. and waits, right? Which, of course, Gus rolls up five seconds after. He's like, oh, no, she's here. And it's like, yeah. This is a good bit, yeah. actually. is like, oh, no, it's Emily. So he ducks down. And then Lizzie, who's driving, decides to duck down too. So it's this 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 Volvo that's just rolling by them, uh, <laughs> rolling by her, yeah, with nobody driving it, right? And she goes like, oh, "That's weird." <laughs> and that's it, right? Um, and then he happens to roll like immediately roll up, and this is where because he had he had not established what his name was. Yeah, this is where you get the line. She's like, "I don't even know your name." He goes, "Lobo." Lobo Moringa. Lobo Moringa. <laughs> right? Doesn't You're mean like, anything fun. All right. Yeah. My name is Mel. Mel Gibson. <laughs> <laughs> it's about the same. <laughs> right? And then she's like, you can't drive nice. with the broken foot. Right? And he's like, well, here, you do the footwork. I'll steer. Right? I'm like, that's dangerous. What? So he takes her on the motorcycle. She's like, I got to get her back to work. And he's like, I thought you could show me the parts a bit. Right? And you're like, what did you just say? <laughs> um, I, mind you, I am not... I am doing a good impression of the horrible accent. Yeah, surprisingly for once. Right? Um, <laughs> you would think that Lobo's in the room. Yeah. Um, Lobo, is that you? Oh, no, just Jonathan. No, it's not me. Damn it. <laughs> I was so hard for a second. Right? <laughs> I'm still doing it I, when I said right. Right. Um, so so she her takes... idea with a person who has a messed up ankle is to take him dancing? Yeah. I don't, but it's like dancing in a dance hall that's completely empty and being refurbished, right? While other people, this is another, this scene and the scene where she finds out who he really is, and there's a guy with like groceries watching. Like, there's always these random people watching them do these things yeah. in this movie for no reason. Um, so yeah, they go dancing, and then it's like kind of a mini montage of them like talking on a pier, and it's sunset and stuff like that. And then I don't know how he leaves it a second time, but he leaves the he totem writes, again. Yeah, and he writes his number on her That's hand. right, 555-something-something-something-something five, 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 something, something mm -hmm. on her palm. 
right? So now, now she like, can't be clean. This is this is great too because I wrote it down as it was happening. Right? It's like call me whenever. Right? And I I started writing. I went. Gee, I wonder if she's going to call and Gus is going to answer as Gus, right? And then immediately the scene changes over to, like, I don't know, him driving on a bridge or somebody's driving on a bridge. And you hear a voiceover being like, hello, is Lobo there? Like, And it's Gus being like, hello? Hey. What? Oh, wait, Lobo? And then he hey. decides to do a third impression yeah, he's like, where he's like, hey, he's, uh, he's up lifting, oh. lifting weights right now. Lobo's lifting some weights over there. He yeah. Like, just like odd New York. Right? Like that? Okay. Yeah, he's like, hey, don't worry about it. I'll get him in a second. He's, he's, uh, he's lifting the weights. Yeah. yeah. Right? And you're like, what is happening? Bad. Like, because then you have to explain to somebody who's already curious if he's gay yeah. <laughs> as to why another man answered, right? Because that's actually a good thing is like um, during this whole ruse, he has refused to be physical with her at all. Yeah. Right? He won't kiss her. So uh, after the second or the third time, because they, I think it's after they go to Lizzie's. Right. Yeah. She starts questioning, like when he won't make out yeah. with her for the third time. She's like, "Gay, married, diseased. I don't know." Yeah. Right. Which is legitimate at this point. Um, but he comes. She calls him and it's like, "You got to come pick up your totem, right?" Which is just an excuse for her to see him. Yeah. Right. He comes over and he's like, "Best not be caping you." Right. And she's like, no, no, no. Come with me. I my car is messed up. Might be the battery. Might be the axle. I don't know what it is like. And it's obvious to everyone, including Gus, that she's making up an excuse just to be with him. So as soon as she like leaves to go get the books, he's like, yes. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yeah, I got her. to. And I'm like, dude, you've been getting her. Yeah. But it's also a pretty gay moment because he's like he does like a like fist pull down he's uh-huh. like yes oh my, oh my gosh yes and right? i was like oh okay calm um, down me circa 2006 so unbeknownst to him until i guess they're within the neighborhood <laughs> yeah like uh she's like i've got to return some books to a friend well at first she's like oh i got to return something to a friend and then she's like frantically searching her apartment like what do i need to return what do i need right? to return and then paul's like the full all stack 13 holding books. them like yeah <laughs> like we said they would right? miraculously stores them somewhere on that motorcycle not in a backpack though it's in a bag that she's holding on her chest oh okay sure yeah because i questioned this too and then as soon as she got off the bike okay. i saw the yeah. bag and i was like all right yeah. fine so then like comedy and at what point would you know that that's where you're going and as gus be like i probably pulling up the driveway right and he tries to avoid it but then he gets in and shelly long sees him and he's like shushing her like don't tell her it's me he Um, doesn't say that but yeah but then at the same time like and then we're like title obviously like shelly long's not gonna be like gus I mean, right. who are you? But they also have this weird scene, like, immediately after that, where they're, like, she is serving them drinks, and she's like, it's Lobo, that's your name, right? And he's like, so you're a, quote-unquote, writer? Like, they're yeah. teasing each other in the they're, scene. They're, like, mean to and each other. And I'm like, you guys are painfully obvious, yeah. right? Also, the dog, remember we said foreshadowing and exposition? The dog killer only likes Lobo. Weird. Yeah. And she's like, I thought you said that only he likes Gus. And she's like, he's warming up to people. Yeah. Right. And then also Annabelle 
immediately sees Lobo, the character, and goes, Uncle, right? And instead of brushing it off and being like, I don't know, even know, like, because Uncle doesn't really sound like Uncle yeah, unless you but know it's Uncle. At the same time, Shelley Long could have just been like, Oh, you kind of look like my brother Gus. No, because I think that would have that would have started putting things together even more. Like, no, I don't think so. Emily's pretty dumb. Emily is dumb, but let's assume she's not, and let's be smarter. Yeah. Right, and not bring attention yeah. to this situation. And that's the problem. Is in this moment, little girl says Uncal. Right now, only Emily and Lizzie would know what Uncal is. Right. Yeah. So they could brush it off of being like, it's weird. She just calls everybody uncle, I guess. Right. Yeah. But he, I, 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 I guess if you use violently a lot, I use the word doubles down because he doubles down on this ruse and goes, uh, I guess I remind her of somebody extremely cool and handsome. Right. <laughs> and you're like, wait, what? God. Right. Like he starts yeah. associating himself, um, with Gus to like make a connection that you shouldn't because if you even I don't know saw a picture of Gus and placed it next to him you're like oh well we're done here yeah you know but that's what he does for yeah. no reason like it doesn't make any sense right so then Shelley Long husband yeah Randy home. Quaid shows up but not he, yeah. not Randy Quaid <laughs> and he's like walking in the door like Gus 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 where are you Gus and then right. like he sees him in there and he's like. Oh, there you are, Gus. Gus. He says, there you are, Gus, right? Yeah. And tries to play it as like, Gus, what I saw. I saw a cool motorcycle. You would never have guessed it. Like trying to play off the word Gus as guest. Yeah. And which I guess works when your daughter's saying uncal. Yeah. (laughs) But still, I don't know. It's it's so stupid because um. Because Emily's so stupid. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's what pisses me off about this scene is that, like, they're all clearly just botching this entire ruse. Yeah. Right? And Emily, instead of going for, like, hey, why did you call him Gus? <laughs> you know? Or any of those kind of things, instead questions stupid things like, how did you know he was a foreigner? Yeah, you know? when he like introduced himself as he literally said, "There you are, Lobo. Gus." <laughs> right? Like, just that was what really made me mad about this. So he's he introduces himself. He's like, "Oh, I'm Lobo Marengo." Like, you can obviously that tell he's good. not from there. Lobo's here. And then he's like, "Oh, cool." So like, you're from somewhere else. That's neat. And she's like, "How did you know he was an American?" Well, he hadn't spoken yet. Lobo introduced she, himself. No, she introduced him as Lobo. Okay, well and then I would still be like, right. sorry, with the name of Lobo, I just thought you weren't American. Right. Is like all he had to say. Instead, he's like, um, 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 for like 30 right? seconds, and then, Lobo's pointing at a shirt that says New Zealand. Conveniently says New Zealand. Yeah. But then <laughs> right? he's like, his smell, his his body odor. Because, okay, so he, uh, Gus... Uh, in, in order to help him with an answer that would explain why he jumped to the conclusion he's a foreigner, right? Yeah. Which also, I have a question. Did the husband know of the ruse? He, I think, did, but didn't realize. Because that's why he jumped to, like, oh, it's nice to have a foreigner here, yeah. right? So he had to have known, right? So um, Gus is pointing 
at the New Zealand words and the little kiwi bird that's on his um, uh, the breast of his shirt, right? But it looks like he's pointing to his armpit. So the husband in pure bumbling fashion is like, oh, because of the body odor, because of like he's pointing to his armpit, right? And people are just like, okay, yeah, and that's it, right? The scene ends. Uh, we flash over to Li- he's dropping off. Um, not Lizzie, Emily, and he won't make out with her and drives he's away. Like gay, diseased, married. Right. What is it? So, um, meanwhile, this has happened. Um, there's, there's two parts. Like Lizzie is obsessed with trying to hang this fish on the wall. Yeah. Throughout the rest of this movie. Like, I don't understand why. Right. It's there's two scenes. Once she's trying to, like, put it up on a stairwell somewhere. Trout. It's a trout. Right. <laughs> Just like the the, the bad character's guy, name right? is Trout. Yeah. Um, but she also tries to do it later when yeah. like the final climax. Right. Uh, but. We flash over to Emily and she's having um, uh, Gu- Gus has told Lizzie, I can't take it anymore. I need to tell her. I need to tell her what's up. So Gus is racing over. Um, to tell Emily what's up. Meanwhile, Emily and Trout are having a conversation where she has clearly fallen for Lobo and is like, I'm ending it with Trout, right? Yeah. Meanwhile, Trout is like begging for her not to. Lobo's in the bushes. Right. And Trout's girl that he's cheating on is in the back seat of his convertible. Yeah. Right? Um, and, and we have this like kind of thing where trout looks out the window to check on the girl and the girl is standing up, like trying to be like, what's up? Take what's taking so long. And Gus as Lobo is in the bushes and thinks he sees him. So like, there's this little, but it's not, that's the thing is like these kind of comedic points yeah, or bu- like bullet points never play out to any type of like, <laughs> that was great. Yeah. You know, they just kind of fade off into nothing. And that's a big problem with this film for me is that like it just kind of wades in its own existence mm-hmm. instead of ever getting to a point of anything makes any sense or anything's over the top enough for it to be funny. Yeah. Right. So she dismisses Trout and that's the last we see of him. Right. Um, and then Gus as Lobo comes to the door and he immediately he's dropped the accent and he's like, I got to tell you something. And she doesn't even she is so enthralled. in. she's like, you need to marry me so you can be a legal U.S. citizen. And he's yeah. like, no, that's not what I'm trying to say. And he's like or she's like, oh, you dropped your accent. That's a really good American accent. So you can pass as American. This is fantastic. Well, no, that's the morning in oh. this in this moment. It's she goes, I don't care what you have to say. I know we only have one night because I don't remember him saying that there's a timeline or a deadline going on here, but she assumes that there is, right? She's like, if this is the only night that we have, then I want to make it special. Just tell me, are you gay? Are you diseased? And he's like, no. And she's like, I don't care if you're married. Let's just do this, right? So immediately he swoops her up in her arms, very romantic novel cover style, and they go to bed, right? Wakes up the next morning and she's in his arms and he's like, I finally need to tell you what's up. Right. And this is where uh, she's like, oh, you've dropped the accent. Well, that's cool. You can you can pull off a really nice American accent. That's awesome because we're going to get you the screen card and we're going to get married and stuff like that. And he's like, no, bitch, listen. Right. Like he finally it's like, I can't 
do this anymore. And this is when he's in tiny green shorts with the half yeah, this is boner. Your, <laughs> <laughs> right? They're like tennis shorts. Like yeah. tight tennis shorts. Right? But he's wearing them as like underwear. Right? Still got the mullet going on. And he's like, no, no, I'm not Lobo. Like, I'm Gus. I'm Gus, whatever his last name is, and Gubacek, right? Um, uh, yeah, yeah, Gubacek. Gubacek. And she's like, what? And, like, immediately flips out. She's like, get dressed, get out of here, right? He's trying to do that very romantic comedy trope of being like, um, I didn't know who I was before I met you, and I love you so much, and, like, it was love before first Ugh. eyes, and please just, like, no, don't don't kick me out. And it's, like, so desperately, yeah. like, eye-rolling. and But it's not even a good romantic speech. No. You know, because it's just it should have been, like... cover his own ass. Yeah, it should have been this, like... Um, I had lost the will to live. Like I was drawing depression hanging yeah. ca- ca- cartoons, like stuff like that. I like, legit thought I was gonna kill. Myself. I thought like I, I thought oh. I was gonna die, and then I thought I was gonna die because I was gonna kill myself. And you came into my life, and you made you gave me an oper- you know, a want to live. That would have been more meaningful, yeah. right? To say that, and she's listening at the other end of the door, you know, something like yeah. that. But it doesn't happen. It's more of this, like, oh, please, I, I totally slept with you last night, and like, I, I totally did the wrong thing, and I know, and I, I might go to jail for this, and I, <laughs> 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 like, and it's just stupid, and oh, just yeah. like walks away, right? So then, Emily. She tr- she goes. She's going to call and confront um, Lizzie, Lizzie, but for her part in this, yes. Yeah. Right. But so Annabelle picks up the phone and just leaves oh, the phone off the yeah, receiver. Yeah, because Gus sold Lizzie out at the same time, being like, yeah. "And it was my sister's phone. It was her idea." And it was just like, "You are a chicken shit of yeah. a man." <laughs> like even in this moment, you could have like been the bigger man and really came out on top here. Yeah. And honestly, how this movie plays out, he doesn't deserve this oh, ending. No. So then know? she she can't get a hold of Lizzie via phone, so she drives over there and she barges in. Lizzie's trying to still hang up a fish on the wall. <laughs> she's like, "You shouldn't have done that, Lynn. You're a terrible person. Stop meddling in lives." And Lizzie's like, "Love this part, by the way." Yeah, yeah, I did it. Like <laughs> Lizzie's like, "I don't really care though." <laughs> Love this part because Lizzie is basically writing her own ending to their love story yeah by throwing her this like very obvious to us like this like um and then he's gonna get on a plane he decided that he's gonna get on a plane and just leave it all and he left annabelle like savings that she can't touch until after high school yeah and uh when he gets on that plane at five o'clock you know and he leaves his home at uh something drive and then she goes Ah, nine oh nine Kelaboo Drive, right? And you're just like, and it's like very winking to the audience. One of my favorite moments yeah. of this, right? Because she's literally writing the go get him ending to her real life yeah. love story that she has <laughs> crafted, right? Yeah, her, her meddling never stops, right? Um, but she falls for it like hook, line, and sinker. She takes the bait and immediately has a change of heart as to like. But they never even have a speech of being like, you know what? He really loved you. Like, there is no... Yeah. There's nothing that convinces her that she she didn't She just kind of figures it out along the way, like, oh, I did like him. Right. There's nothing that says, like, um, you... God, I wish we could reference the movie that this is, you know, there's a better version of. Because there is movies... 
uh, say, white chicks we reference, yeah. right? Where it's like they were interacting with her as both people at different times. And that once she realizes that there's the same person, she realizes that she was having a good time. Mrs. Doubtfire. <laughs> I guess. They didn't have the Mrs. Doubtfire scene where they have to be both person at once in different oh, places. Oh, like, 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 like the dinner scene. Yeah, yeah, where he, he has to, he's talking yeah. his own voice or any, yeah, they don't have anything like that or or just being like, there's never a, I'm going out with Lobo, but tonight I'm just being friends with Gus. Yeah. There's never anything like that to give her an establishment that like, oh, I liked Gus as a person too. Yeah. Right? So there's this whole, but there's She's... also not a, there's also just not a speech of, of him saying I loved you or, you know, more than what we got in that one little get out scene. Yeah. There was never a you complete me moment or anything. Yeah. In this, but there was also right? never like a full realization that she had that was like, oh, I did love him for who he was. She was just kind of like, oh, absolutely. Dick to bomb. Got to go back to it. <laughs> she charges to his place. Of course, he's not there. But he left his motorcycle behind. And her car is having trouble starting. So she's like, I can drive a motorcycle. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, they like throw but she in a can. Yeah. Like decently yeah. for a first timer. But then they throw in like a small little throwaway scene where the motorcycle is like. A motorcyclist is like, oh, lady, you're... You can really... Nice hog. Yeah, you can you handle can... that hog between your legs. Yeah. And you know, that like, kind of thing. Okay, thanks. <laughs> right? And drives away. And then, of course, she gets to the airport, and there's like that scene where she... Hey, Jesus. Right? And because she's like, there's oh, a giant line okay. in front yeah. that she skipped the line to ask this question. Yeah. She skipped us. No, Gus right? was in that line. She immediately, from the entrance, just went right... Has the fight uh. now, right? So she grabs a pamphlet... And then is like, you know what? I just got tricked for a couple days. I'm going to trick him, too. <laughs> and drops a pamphlet at his feet. And is like, oh, weird. What are you doing here? And it's like, why? Why are you doing this? Why are you going through this ruse of being like, oh, he obviously fancy meeting wanted you, you here? Jeez. Like, yeah. why are you going to do that? Meanwhile, Gus has turned has, um, has gone full Gutenberg. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right? He's the Gutenberg oh, he we all know so from Cocoon and everything at this point, right? He's gone full dead. Mm. Um and so cuz he's cut off his mullet and he's just in a regular polo and it's like, "Oh, yeah, there's the guy we know." Yeah. Right? And they have a lackluster forgettable kind of conversation about being like, Ugh. "I liked you and like but it doesn't I can't remember it. I don't know exactly it, if it was powerful. I know it wasn't powerful. The only thing I remember from it is someone being like, the line moved forward. Yeah, right. <laughs> they go forward, and then she's like, buy me a ticket to, or she's like, I'm going to New York too. And he's like. No, he invites her to New York. No, got, he, Well, she, no, okay, yeah, yeah. They get up to the counter. Yes. Listen. Okay. I was like, and she's like, another ticket to New York. And he's like, why are you getting a ticket to New York? I'm going to a wedding somewhere right. else. And she's like, oh. Damn it, Lizzie. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, because basically Lizzie yeah. lied to her. But also, so, we're not dropped lines about him going to some wedding at all. It's literally just a random no. trip that he's going on that we weren't aware of. Yeah, to Catman Zoo. Yeah. Right? Um, and he's like, one more to Catman Zoo. So now he's taking a plus one to a wedding that I'm not quite sure if they, yeah. she's allowed to be. Right? And they... Um, start I don't kissing have out, kissing. my hair. I don't have a good dress for right, it. Right, wow. because she got mud splashed in her face. Like she it doesn't matter. She ripped her dress. Um, 
Yeah, where it's like if that's your biggest problems, like you clearly Ugh. haven't been t- paying attention to the sexual predator yeah. who has like basically duped you through this whole movie. Um, but they make out in the terminal, and then the camera turns into binoculars, and it's and Lizzie has been watching the whole interaction via these gigantic binoculars. Yeah, and. Then has she's like, way to go, Gus. Yeah, yay! I did it. I love her like, positive attitude. Yeah, yeah. No, it's so much fun. I'm glad that it ended with her. Yeah, right. But um, little Annabelle is in the back, and she says "Uncle," but she also repeats what her mom says of being like Aunt Emily, right? And she's like, "You spoke, yay!" And she still won't say "Mama" or "Dada," and then. Um, she hears a plane take off and immediately, 30 seconds later, assumes that that's their plane. Yeah, she's like, there they go. <laughs> I don't know how planes work, but that's not it. Yeah. <laughs> and um, that's it. Yeah. That's the end of the movie. Um, W's? Mm, I would watch it if I was having like... <laughs> this is another cable movie for me. Like that's an what I was 80 say. or 90s party. Mm-hmm. It'd be a nice like background noise just so i could hear someone say oh is that no that's not if you're a fan of shelly long that michael yeah like <laughs> if you're a fan of shelly long this has got to be in my opinion one of her top five roles yeah oh it's a good shelly long it's great for shelly long um a lot of people would um would reference like hello again uh definitely money pit yeah. You ever seen Money Pit? Then, like, absolutely. That might be my favorite of hers. Um, and I watched uh, Night Shift, where she plays the love interest, but she's also a prostitute for Henry, Henry Winkler. Sex and, worker. Yeah, and an absolutely hilarious Michael Keaton, early Michael Keaton, comedy Keaton. Um, so yeah. definitely check those out before you check this one out. But this is definitely where everybody else is giving subpar, like, lackluster performances. She's killing it. Yeah. You know, um, and I wish actually that the, this was a better script and a better movie and maybe even better two other lead actors to compliment Shelley Long. I don't know. Gutenberg was real sexy. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> He's so good looking. Yeah. In this movie. I just, I, just I don't think he was chest. sympathetic enough. Yeah, no. Yeah. He didn't do the character right. but he Well, the character, the writer didn't do or the director didn't do the character justice enough to give him a uh, sympathetic speech by the end. And that I think that's where yeah. this falls flat. That and the awkward comedic moments were too awkward, not funny enough. Yeah. Okay. True. So my W's would be this is for, hey, it's on, on demand. Like, and I haven't seen it. And yeah. I've seen everything else that Shelley's done. That's what it's for. Um, but there's way better rom-coms out there. Um, so I have a, uh, only one five-star review that I could find, right? This is a doozy though. (laughs) Are you ready? Um, this one lives in a world, um, that basically assumes that everything is very hipster excellent. (laughs) (laughs) So these are going to be some big words. So I immediately apologize if I flub it because I tried to read them in character as well. So sometimes I'll I'll skip over some words. So this is from uh, Lily Bingos. This uh, was dated August 15th of 2003. 
Another engrossing and insightful piece of filmmaking from uh, Malcolm Mowbray, providing once and for all that his name deserves to be mentioned in the same breath as Truffaut and Goddard and Charbroil, which I assume they're (laughs) directors. Um, However, it's not for Mowbray's talents that this film will be remembered always. In Don't Tell Her, we at last find a stage upon which Steve Gutenberg's talent may shine hmm. and shine alone. No. Gutenberg essays the role of Gus Gubacek, recovering from a recent illness which has forced him to confront the truth of his own mortality. In a touching scene, clearly reminiscent of the closing moments of Nagasa's A No Corrida, Kubrick's sister, uh, Gubacek's sister, Shelley Long, pledges to support him in the quest to recover a semblance of his sense of self. What follows is a poignant and moving account of one man's struggle to pretend to be a biker from New Zealand. Surprising, shocking, and at times brutally honest, it is, the only, it is only by virtue of Gutenberg's sheer, uncompromising talent that the film remains as fluid and engaging as it is. He gives a breathtaking performance. The unique, subtle subtlety of his acting, almost imperceptible as he deftly switches between the persona of the overweight cartoonist and the biker from New Zealand. Unencumbered by having to share the screen with this clumsier talents of Selleck or Danson, they're doing a three men and a little lady reference there, Gutenberg turns Don't Tell Her into a stunning and exhilarating tour de force, elevating the film to a superb example of highly original postmodern cinema verte. What movie did they watch? Because <laughs> I don't remember that. Uh, they were watching Cocoon. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Tower of Terror, that's what it was. Yes. <laughs> um... Yeah, that's the only, uh, most of the five-star reviews were just like, loved it. Uh, Don't understand why they changed it from boyfriend school to, uh, you know, or it was a lot of that. Um, So I have two pieces uh, of, uh, what's it called? Uh, Trivia. So the author in 2012, Sarah Bird, went on record of saying that the film's source novel, The Boyfriend School, uh... Uh, she did this interview in Texas Monthly Magazine, <laughs> which I don't know. That's sure. just as good yeah. as Trump Magazine, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, but quote, my exceedingly mediocre screenplay was made into an exceedingly mediocre movie. Oh, <laughs> well, well, well played, Sarah Bird. Yeah. Um, and then, um, Mystery Science Theater three thousand mentioned this movie not once but twice on mm. their show. So, you know, yeah. it got some play afterwards. Yeah. Uh, the episodes City Limits and Alien from L.A. Oh. Uh, uh, one from 92, another one from 93. From yeah. So, yeah, they make references to that. Um, do you have any alternate titles for this film? Um, I got I, I got I one. I can't think of anything. <laughs> I really can't. Um, I'd say uh, Don't Tell Her It's Rape. <laughs> um also i don't know maybe uh 
uh, Lobo a go go. <laughs> you wish he was a go go dancer. Yeah. Uh, uh, fooled you once, shame on you. Fooled you twice, shame on you. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, um, don't tell her this isn't a New Zealand accent. <laughs> don't ho- tell her looks matter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yep. Don't tell her I got over Hodgkinson's <laughs> because that would have helped. Um, yeah. Don't tell yeah. her I'm Casper. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Like, yeah. Uh, that's that's about it. I, I I don't have too many alternate titles. Plus, I've just sprung this whole alternate title thing bit on you. So yeah. for the next next month, we'll actually correct. have someone's <laughs> written. Right. I only I only had. Don't tell her it's not rape. <laughs> Um, so that just about does it for us here at Bombs Away Um, we have an amazing month coming up uh, for the the month of March uh, including our St. Paddy's Day episode of uh, the very first Leprechaun movie which hopefully uh, we're on air a couple St. Paddy's from now and we'll get up to Leprechaun in the hood eventually that's going to be great Um, all the cons I know, right? So, like, that'll be the only themed out thing for March. Uh, the other three will 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 go kind of random and see what happens. Uh, be sure to stay in the know uh, by following us Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at Bombs Away Show. Uh, you can also write to us what you thought about this movie. It's one of you, maybe your favorite guilty pleasures from back in the day, or, or there's something we missed. Write to us, contact at bombsawayshow.com. Please be sure to rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. And then, uh, I don't know, do you have anything to promote? Anything going on? No. I'm still alive, so that's pretty good. Oh, promoting yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, right? I mean, we... <laughs> Ooh, not that. Do, please don't start drawing Ziggy cartoons yeah, on me. Right? <laughs> so, um... I don't, yeah, for Bombs Away, uh, thank you for joining us. Thank you for being a listener. We really appreciate it. Please share these episodes. Share your favorite one. Let us know if there's something that you want us to do that we haven't touched on yet. Um, we'd love to hear from you, and we will shout you out. So for Bombs Away, my name is Jonathan. I'm Jarrett. And uh, don't you have anything with a little whiskey in it? <laughs> a tall glass, if you will. Hey, this is Jert with the Bombs Away podcast, and we are here in the Frida Cinema recording our podcast. So the Frida Cinema is a program of the Long Beach Cinematique, and it's located here in Santa Ana in Southern California. It serves the neighboring communities, and it is a non-profit art house cinema dedicated to enriching, connecting, and educating communities through the art of cinema. It's here to entertain, and that's why the entertainment industry exists. So what they show on these screens is pretty amazing. They have things such as the Director's Series, and it features directors such as Martin Scorsese, 
Mel Brooks, and Lloyd Kaufman. Lloyd Kaufman, if you didn't know, did The Toxic Avengers and The Class of Newcomb High. They also have something called Friday Night Freakouts, and this is presented by OC Weekly. It has films that are among the horror or sci-fi kind of genre. They've done films such as Lost Boys, Hackers, and The Room. They've also featured anime like Your Name and Akira. Some other things they do are double features. They've done things such as Hot Fuzz mixed with Shaun of the Dead, which is actually two pretty good films. They also show a lot of cool things among the lines of indie films. They have The Void, which is currently on Netflix, and they also have had Academy Award-winning films such as Best Film winner Moonlight, which I think is pretty awesome that it showed in this space before it actually went up. If you want more information about Showtime's location and everything film and entertainment related to the Frida Cinema, you can go to www.thefridacinema.org. You can also follow on Facebook at facebook.com slash thefridacinema, and on Instagram and Twitter at thefridacinema. The Frida Cinema, for filmmakers, for filmgoers, and for you. This has been a production of Big Bulb Entertainment, executive produced by Jonathan Young. For more media and information, visit us at www.bigbulbentertainment.com. Big Bulb, what's your bright idea? Yeah.